0: Thank you for tuning in to The Best Parenting Show on the Internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Facebook family. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of The Post Institute, coming at you live for The Best Little Parenting Show on the Internet. I hope you guys are doing fabulous this evening. I want to plug these two books real quick. We're going to start with this one, The Great Behavior Breakdown. You can find this at postinstitute.com as well as on Amazon. Then we have the great behavior, I'm sorry, from Fear to Love that you can get on promotion at feartolovebook.com. And this is our new workbook. See, 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 see. The new workbook is now available on Amazon, print on demand, and I will be getting some printed so that we can have them on hand to ship out. Um, probably we'll put together a little package that has both books together and hello, Sephora. It is beautiful to see you. And I see some other folks watching. Um, I'm going to bring this back up again. Um, it's now available on Amazon print on demand, the fear to love workbook. Um, I know Brian is using this and had actually, he created it and has been using it. Um, with families that he's serving in um, the program that he's operating in California. Um, As I was working on the layout, I'll tell you what, this is really, really good. It's really good. Um, There's some really good exercises. Uh, So this is a great um, pencil and paper kind of workbook, but it is designed to help you dig deeper into your own experiences, as well as dig deeper into understanding your child's experiences. Um, So I strongly encourage it. Like I said, I'll be getting it up on our website soon. I need to get some printed locally. Um, Hopefully I can find a good price because look how pretty. I'm just gonna show you the inside is so, it's colorful and it's so pretty. Each chapter is a different color. Um, It starts with the pre-test and a post-test. If you're involved with an agency, this would be an excellent, you could put these two little things together and have an excellent training program. You could uh, do your own sort of book study, so I just want to encourage that. Um, Let's see. First of all, First of all, I want to make sure and remind you guys, I'm still really focused on the whole New Year thing. And one of the things I did was I rearranged my office. That's part of my New Year's resolution because um, I want to get my office set up better. So we have some visual interest when I'm doing videos, but I've not gotten all that done yet. But uh, we've been talking about these handouts. And they are still available for free on the Post Institute website, Um, printables and handouts. Um, Brian's four-point trauma-informed checklist. There's an emotional guidance scale to help you kind of be able to take note of where you're at emotionally and um some strategies to help you nudge the knob is what i call it nudging the knob just a little just a little to feeling a little bit better and a little bit better and then there's this sheet from mood modern tree where you can color code this isn't a pass fail this isn't stickers and stars with rewards and consequences this is something that um, you can do your kids can do anyone in your family and the idea is that you um you know, use some colored pencils to represent whatever um, mood you would like to moods you would like to um, be able to identify, and then you just color the sheet. You just color each day, and um, one of the things that um, became evident by one of my daughter's uh, peers, one of her friends, um, was that she realized at the age of fourteen. She realized she could color her squares more than one color, that um, a bad morning or a bad moment doesn't necessarily make for a bad day. And I felt like that insight for a 14-year-old was absolutely incredible. And so um, I find these to be really good tools, and I think they will be good in terms of helping us work on the posture of our heart. Um, I'm just gonna read the very first section on this trauma-informed daily checklist. Um, There's just a handful of little things that I want to read, self-awareness. I'm aware of my breathing, I'm aware of my thoughts, I'm aware of my feelings, I'm aware of my body. I am taking this moment to place all other concerns out of my immediate consciousness, and I'm choosing to focus on those that I am serving. Um, That's just really powerful. That level, um, inviting yourself into that level of self-awareness is extremely, extremely powerful. Um, So my topic tonight is about why, why are we working on the posture of our heart? Well, because the posture of our heart will determine everything that comes out of it. So um, when we have a deep understanding of the impact of trauma and we view our children as doing the best they can at any given moment, then it changes how we speak to them. It changes our tone of voice. It changes our facial expressions. And what Ryan tells us in the book From Fear to Love is that it is those subconscious ways of communicating that our children connect with at such an intense level um that's why fake it till you make it is terrible advice because you you can't fake your energy you can't fake the posture of your heart um i was just i was thinking about this and i was thinking about um like just different phrases that people say things i I was thinking about the phrase um I'm trying to think what it was. Am I making myself understood? Think about just that phrase. Am I making myself understood? And we may ask that in di- with different words. You know, those are maybe my words. You may have different words for a similar question. And think about this. If the posture of my heart is bitter, angry, defended, then I might say that phrase. Am I making myself understood? Like that or if my the posture of my heart is one of understanding and a one and one that's that's got tenderness in it then i might say it more like am i making myself understood like i really need to know like i'm actually curious i'm not just demanding that you understand because i'm angry i'm really asking do you understand what it is that i'm saying and so the posture of your heart changes everything about you, it changes your energy, it changes your facial expression, it changes your tone of voice, it changes the look in your eye, and those are the things that our children are so sensitive to, and so that's why um, as we're looking at, as we're beginning the new year, as we're stepping off into the new year, I'm encouraging you all to create new year's resolutions that invite you to have a different position in your heart. Um, Your goals may be things like, um, like my goals have to do with things that I'm reading, what I'm feeding, you know, the things that I'm feeding myself, the things I read, the things I listen to, the way I start my day. I'm wanting to make sure I start my day with some quiet time, some meditation, some prayer, writing my goals. When you write your goals, being a, when you do that, like I do that first thing in the morning and that helps me get my mind and my heart in alignment. It at least gives me a good starting place. So I really want to encourage you guys to, to to take action on this. To look at things, look at where you're at in your relationships, look at where you're at in your level of frustration, look at where you're at in your um, self-care and create some goals, small goals. will help move you towards having more peace and more understanding and more patience with your children um today i was reading through if you guys are on our email list if you're not i strongly encourage it we send out um, our best opportunities they get the first notification of any events that we're having they get the first discount codes um, and then uh, we also send out these really awesome emails. David DeRovi, who's been a part of the the Post Institute for years and years, um, incredible couple, incredible man. He, um, right, he is a writer for us, and he sends out these fabulous educational emails. And I'm looking at one right now, and it tells a story about uh, he and Brian actually going to a school in Virginia some years back, and Brian was doing a presentation, and there was a Q&A, and in the Q&A, um, one of the teachers tells a story about a young man who tears up every single test he's given. They give him the test, and he rips it. How do you get on the email list? Um, I will put a link. You just go to www.postinstitute.com, and up in the top right-hand corner, there's a little envelope. You just click that envelope, and you can sign up to be a part of our email network, so, um, Kelsey, K, 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 I'm having a hard time saying your name and now I feel really bad. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. And I'll put a link in the comments just to make it easier for people to find it. So, um, it goes through this story and, you know, the, the teachers, they're all just completely frustrated, you know, they lectured and talked and tried every consequence in the world and this kid just tears up every test they put in front of him he just tears it up he won't do it and so they're they're like so what do you you know what do you think we ought to do about this and so Brian's suggestion was don't put the don't put the test on his desk the next time there's a test hand out everybody's tests and then go to his desk with the test and tell him that you'll have his test waiting for him at his at your desk whenever he's ready Whenever that may be, and so um, a little time passed, and the young man came up to the teacher's desk and got the test, and went back and did the best that he could. And so the idea is that we have to be more creative. We have to we have to really understand sometimes what's underneath, what's going on underneath. And in this situation, you know, Brian didn't go into a big explanation about how this could be rooted in um, sort of a defended nature of the child and how it may be um, part of um, challenges with authority and kind of a, I'm not going to do it because you told me to do it, that it has to be on his terms. But what he did do is offer something they hadn't tried, offered something out of the box, offered something different. So if you keep trying the same thing over and over and over again to create relationship with your child or to try to address a challenging behavior and you are not having success, then that tells you it is time to try something vastly different. And a lot of times, we just get really locked, just like our kids get locked into their way of doing things and their ways of thinking, we do the very same thing. We get locked into these ideas that we just need to punish harder. Well, we just need to give a more severe consequence. They just don't feel it bad enough. But the thing is, is that with kids who come from traumatic backgrounds, when you start piling on consequences and punishment, you're pushing them further away. You're creating more stress at the brain level. You're putting them right back into that same groove of threat response in terms of the way their brains operate in those neural pathways. So, sometimes you have to do things that are vastly different. Like, you know, and like, for instance, with school. Um, and I think about homework and... Um, I think about all the different kids that somehow I've been a part of helping them crack the code on getting homework done. And I'll tell you what, I'm not even a fan of homework because if I had to work all day, every day, and then every day come home and have more work to do, I wouldn't like that very much. So I don't, I'm, I'm just like, I'm really not in agreement with it. Like I feel like home time needs to be family time. It needs to be time to relax and time to connect with our family and with our loved ones and most of our children have plenty of work to do in terms of building relationship experiencing a sense of safety and having love do the magic of building on helping build the structures of their emotional regulatory system to help them get some things that they may have missed at different times in their life but I will say that I've had some of the most unique experiences in thinking out of the box when it comes to something like homework. And so, um, for example, um, my nephew was someone that I did homework with uh, because it, it became a fight between he and his Mimi every time they sat down to try to do homework. So we found out that for him it was better to do it right when he came home from school and he would be so stressed out. At that point, that the stimulation was like, ooh, it was just so much. And so I just followed his lead. And that led us to him literally crating himself under my desk because i give him a snack. He'd crawl under. I had this great big, huge desk. He'd crawl under my desk. And from underneath the desk, I would read the question and he would give me the answer and I would write it down. Because at that point, he was exhausted. He was completely fatigued, and we were able to get homework done literally in about 15 minutes by just allowing him to do what he needed to do in order to feel safe out of the box. It didn't have to be the way people think it's supposed to be where he's sitting at a desk or at a table by himself, getting through this homework when he's already stressed out and exhausted. Um, So I just use that as an example to encourage you to be investigators, encourage you that if you're continuing to try it one route and it's not working, then it's time, you know, you try that six times, you try that over the course of a month, and if it's not getting you where you want to go, it is time to move on to trying a different way. So, um, if you literally marked off punishment and consequences and rewards, both, mark them both off consequences and rewards. I have some people who are like, yeah, but I only offer rewards. Well, what happens when you're only offering rewards is there is a built-in consequence. And the built-in consequence is you're not going to get the reward. So we know that that causes additional cortisol pumping through the brain and that for our children, they do not have enough oxytocin available to help modulate that cortisol so sometimes the things that we are putting in place to invite a particular behavior, when we're putting in a punishment or the promise of a reward if they accomplish it, that sometimes that creates more chaos at the brain level than it does help. So if it's not helping and it's just making it harder for your child, then it's time to put it aside and try to come up with um, with more creative avenues and if you have a hard time coming up with a creative idea about how to address a certain, excuse me, a certain thing, you know, shoot us an email or shoot me a message, a messenger, because that becomes great conversations for us to have all together because then we can learn all together. Um, I think about, uh, like, my son. who he used to have a really hard time getting out the door. And the funny thing is that when he first came to our home people couldn't get him to stay anywhere that's how he ended up being with us was because he ran he was a runner and after he came to be in our home for about six months after about six months oh he had such a hard time leaving sometimes when we needed to go places he would literally pack up everything that was his most valuable possessions he would put it all in a big in a big bag, and then he would get his computer and his stereo, and he would load it all in the back of the Suburban. And I'm not sure if it it was that he was worried that somebody was going to mess with his stuff when he was gone, or if there was something in him that was fearful that he wouldn't come back. I'm not sure. I just know it was something he needed to do. And even though I would be a stressed-out freak of a woman, (laughs) and I was... Because here we'd have people who needed to get to appointments or this or that. And here he is needing to go through this big process. And I I would go in the house, right? I would be like, okay, we got to go. We got We got to be there. We got to leave in, you know, 15 minutes. Let's get in the car. Let's get loaded up. And I realized that the more I sat there and tried to get him going, the more anxiety I was creating for him, the more anxiety I created for him, for him, the harder it was for him to get out the door. So I found through the process of just paying attention, you know, I just tried stuff that anybody would try, right? I tried all the the fussing, all the pre-warning, all the things, right? Fuss, fuss, whatever, everything that every parent would do in that situation, except punishment. No punishment was ever threatened. But uh, what I found to be the most helpful was for me to let him know That it was time to go and to wait long enough for him to get up and move and then for me to leave. And once I left, I would just go sit in the car and I would wait. And every time I would feel anxious and nervous that he wasn't going to come. And I would have to breathe. I would have to talk myself off the ledge. And every time he would come. And every time we would make it on time. Despite the fact that I was so anxious that we wouldn't. And now he is 27 years old, and every morning he's up by about 7.30, hangs out, he likes to play his game in the morning, have a little breakfast, take a little bit of a rest, then he gets up and he goes to work. So a lot of the things that I was extremely fearful about with regards to him being able to manage transition and get himself out the door and get himself where he needed to be on time, it's all worked out. So, a lot of times people say, love isn't enough, but I beg to differ. I think sometimes we get confused about what love really looks like. We get confused and we have this idea, if we're saying love didn't work, it's because we weren't loving unconditionally. If we're loving for the purpose of a changed behavior or we're loving for the purpose of an outcome, then we're not really loving We're doing something that has a lot of strings on top of it and a lot of manipulation. And children who come from tough places, they smell that stuff a mile away. So as you work towards looking at what your goals are for the new year, I really want you to start looking at the posture of your heart and get creative about how to teach. Get creative. Mark the things off the list that you know aren't working. And I know we still come back to it. We still get tempted. If I just punished or threatened them, surely that'll be the wake-up call that they need. They need our guidance. And in order for them to receive our guidance and hear our guidance, that means we have to be in relationship. Joni says, thank you for explaining about lack of rewards as a consequence, too. Yeah, you bet. I wanna share one other little story that happened today because it was it had such a profound impact. It was a conversation I was having with um, someone I'm doing some coaching with. Um, she is an adult adoptee. And this was a phrase that stuck with me from our conversation. She was talking about um, her parent-child relationship And she said, It just got so exhausting trying to be the version of me that pleased my mother the most. That's such a big statement. It just became so exhausting being the version of me that pleased my mother the most. Think about that. That That is a statement laden in feeling that everything was conditional. That there wasn't space to just be authentic or authentic self. Whether that was real or perceived, I don't know. I'm sure probably like a combination of both you know but our our children our children who come from tough places they are so sensitive they're so sensitive for the purpose of their survival working towards just being authentic and real is so very helpful um on sunday i made a post that said have you ever experienced That as a parent when you're feeling, maybe you're feeling blue, maybe you're feeling depressed and during those times are the times that um, it, it, it seems like our children have some of the most difficult behavior challenges. And I find that there's sort of two things that are intermingled at hand. One is when we are depressed, they experience that as an emotional absence. You're not emotionally available. And that can lead, that can trigger a feeling of abandonment that is familiar to them. I've also experienced where children's misbehavior is like an attempt to pull you out. It's like, I'd rather you be angry. It's easier for me to experience you being angry than it is for me to experience you as not being here. And so at least now I feel you. So, um, There's a lot to this, isn't it? There's a lot to the dynamics between parents and children. That doesn't mean that you can't be depressed, and that doesn't mean that you can't have bad days. But it is also much better to just be authentic about it. That if you try to fake like you're feeling good when you're not feeling good, they're going to sense that something's off. And if you're saying, I'm fine, when you're really not fine, you're really sending them mixed messages. And for kids who come from tough places, that is really not helpful. They really, it would just be much better to be able to say, you know, I'm just feeling depressed today. Um, And when you say it, sometimes that helps to take, sometimes speaking it out loud, helps to take some of the power away from those feelings because then you're like, and I don't really even know why. And then you can just take a big breath, a big, huge, deep breath, sigh, and maybe that'll help dislodge some of it. But one thing I know it will do is it will help your children know that you're just human, just like they are, and that you're in this walk of life with them, just doing the best you can as well, that we're all just humans. We're all just doing the best we can day in and day out. And a lot of what that looks like depends on how stressed we are, And how our self-care is. Now, there's a lot of other stuff in there. You know, our self-care changes as your body changes, as your age changes, what you need to do for your self-care changes. And a lot of times we don't notice that until we're, oh gosh, two, three years into it. And then that's why this sheet, like this mood monitoring sheet with all the squares on it, that's why it's so helpful because it can help you detect trends that you might be blind to because we get so busy doing 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 that sometimes we don't pause long enough to even know how we feel much less how other people are perceiving how we feel and they are they're picking up on it so this is all about helping create more self-awareness so that we can shine the light back into the subconscious bring these unconscious things that have been running us to our conscious awareness so that we can be more present, more loving, uh, more attuned to our children and um, know that we're the thermostat in, in our home, that we set the temperature and that we are the leaders, and so this are, these are just all activities to help build your family leadership skills. So, as always, I hope that at some point this evening, anything that you've been worried about, anything that you've been stressed about, anything you've been fussing about, that you can just set all that aside. put pu- Push pause on all of that. Just push pause. You can come back and push play anytime, and spend 30 minutes to an hour just to enjoying them in whatever way you know you need to. So in your family it may be that you go spend, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes with each child individually or maybe you can bring two together and two together and two together. Maybe you can do something everybody all together. Every family's different, so you got to trust what you know about your children. Spend time with them just enjoying them. Maybe watch TV together. Uh maybe play a game together. Maybe create something together. Maybe cook together. You know, maybe watch them in their game and, you know, be inquisitive, really get into it. Like, what is this anyway? I want to, man, you're really good at it. Or I see how much you're learning or, you know, just take time away from all of the instructing and all of the directing. Just take time to let the love you have from them shine from your eyes. Let them feel it from your heart and enjoy how incredible your X-Men with superpowers really are. And remember what Brian tells us, in any given moment, and in any given moment, we can act out of our same blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do day in and day out to create healing for your family. We'll see y'all tomorrow.